morning and welcome to the weekly walkthrough here on Selection Sunday. You're listening to KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia and it is one of the best sports days of the entire year. The excitement of March Madness begins officially today here with the announcement of the bracket at 5 p.m. Central Time. And I am joined in studio here on Selection Sunday by my co-host Nick Catlin. Yours truly. It's Selection Sunday, and we have a Selection Sunday special here. It's very exciting, especially since it's our first one. Since last year's did not happen with the COVID virus shutting down conference tournaments uh, early last March. So, yeah, it's really good to actually see it. We've missed it. It's been two years. The defending champions are technically the Virginia Cavaliers. All the way back from, what was that, 2019? Yeah. There you go. There you go. And then... um. Yeah, it's been it's been a great ride through this college basketball season. A lot of a lot of uniqueness in this one, similar to how it was for the college football playoff when it came to amount of games played for everyone. It's not necessarily as flatlined around that thirty something game as it usually is. So it's interesting to see how resumes are being built this year. It's been it's been a difficult it's gonna be really difficult for the committee. That's all I have to say is I feel bad for the committee this year because they're going to have to decide, as you said, between some teams that have played way less games than some other teams, and they're going to have to decide where to put the teams that have played more games versus the teams that have played less games. And and the whole sample size issue is is going to become a problem, I do think, when you look at some of the way some of these teams are going to be seated tonight. But without any further ado, shall we get into it? Yes, sir. I've got your automatic qualifiers from conference championships this week. So these teams that I will tell you right now from their conferences are already locked in. We don't know their seed yet, but we'll find that out tonight. We'll start all the way up. America East Conference, Hartford won the conference tournament. In the ACC, Georgia Tech defeated Florida State last night to win that conference tournament. One of their first titles in a long time there for the Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech. Liberty won the A-Sun. Texas defeated Oklahoma State yesterday to win the Big 12. Georgetown stole a bid and won the Big East. Congratulations to Patrick Ewing. Ewing getting it done. And the Big Sky was Eastern Washington. Big South Winthrop is back in the NCAA tournament late last last night. In the Big West, UC Santa Barbara clinched their automatic bid. In the CAA, it was Drexel. Conference USA, we got North Texas back in the tournament. Cleveland State won the Horizon League. Rick Patino takes Iona in the MAAC conference back to the tournament. And before we get into before we even get into the show, I'm going to give you my trivia question for today because it involves this Iona Gales team. Rick Patino, true or false? This is the sixth different school he has clinched an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament with. False. It is actually true that is the most all-time. Six teams? Six different teams he has clinched an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament with after winning the MAAC with Iona. It's impressive. It is crazy. Continuing down, the MAC, Ohio clinched that one, and we'll head to the tournament. The MEAC, it's Norfolk State with their first tournament appearance since upsetting the Mizzou Tigers uh, in 2012. Did you did you really have to go there? I did. Loyola Chicago, the hometown hometown guys for me, uh, won the Missouri Valley, and we'll head back to the tournament. Hopefully, bringing Sister Jean with them. San Diego State won the Mountain West uh, last night. Mount St. Mary's won the Northeast. Moorhead State took the Ohio Valley. Oregon State stole a bid in the Pac-12, defeating number twenty-three Colorado late last night in their conference championship game. 
And then as we round it out, UNC Greensboro takes the Southern, Abilene Christian takes the Southland, Texas Southern takes the SWAC, Oral Roberts, Roberts takes the Summit League, Appalachian State back in from the Sun Belt, of course Gonzaga easily clinches the West Coast, and the WAC was won by Grand Canyon. Those are your automatic bids that have been clinched already. Today we've got the SEC up for grabs, the Patriot League up for grabs, the Big Ten up for grabs, the Atlantic Ten up for grabs, and the American Athletic Conference. So a few more automatic qualifiers will come today as we've got another full day of college basketball leading up to the 5 p.m. selection show. Let's discuss some of these conference tournaments because some of them have just finaled up yesterday, and they were nothing short of exciting. You want to start in the Big 12 with Texas getting it done. Was Shaka Smart, and it was Texas, and and one player that has really impressed me for Texas all year so far has really got to be Jericho Sims, their big man. He has been on a different level this year. I've been really impressed with with how well he has played, and of course they have really good guard play there at, at Texas as well. And they've had a little bit of an up and down season, but but my MVP of the Texas team this year has probably got to be uh, Jericho Sims. Yeah, I mean. Chaka Smart, it's interesting his story at Texas. He came from VCU where he had the Final Four run, went on a lot of, went to the tournament a few times, and saw a lot of success there. And at Texas, it's been slow. Sometimes it starts off well and they get good recruits and things like that. But from a production standpoint, it has been less than ideal. But one person who I think has been very good for them is Andrew Jones. He was the one who had. I'm not sure what exactly it was. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but he had some type of illness that was very serious and life-threatening, came back, and he's been balling for me. He plays 31 minutes. He's starter for them. He shoots the ball very well. Averages the most points, along with getting four rebounds as a guard and a steal. So he's been playing well for him, and Matt Coleman as well alongside him is it's a good backcourt. And looking at how they got there into the final of the Big 12 tournament, Texas, of course, was, I believe, the three seed in the tournament. So they had a bit of a bye to get in there. Texas beat Texas Tech and then had their game against Kansas canceled after Kansas had some positive COVID-19 tests. So Texas only had to win one game to get into the final of the Big 12 tournament, where Oklahoma State had a little bit of a tougher road. They beat West Virginia by three then they beat Baylor by nine, and then they lost to Texas, of course, in the championship game. But this is nothing to hang your head upon if you are Oklahoma State player, fan, whatever you are, because the way that they have played over the back half of the season and the teams that Who they have to beat, play them? I was going to say the teams, Who wants to the play teams that, that team? they have beat, the teams that they have beat moving into this tournament and in this in this Big 12 tournament have put them in a position where they were unranked to start the season and probably pretty close to halfway through the season they were also unranked but this team has now played their way to probably most likely a 2 seed if I had to take a guess and going off that they have the talent with Kate Cunningham and likely and all the guys they have they've got a lot of athleticism skill and just they're they're a pretty big team as well. They're they're a tough matchup, especially with a player like Kate Cunningham, who makes everyone around him better. They're very defensively sound as well. He's a great defender. That's he's pretty underrated on the defensive side, and I think it's going to show that team is a is a real threat. I would expect to see them on the two line probably, and at the three line at the absolute worst. 
I agree. High three, too. So that is that's going to be interesting to see exactly where they shake out. Of course, we're looking at the CBS Bracketology by Jerry Palm. That's what we're going to be using today when we're looking at predictions. Heading into the official bracket tonight, but Jerry does have them at a two-seed playing potentially Missouri in the second round. And then another another conference to look at would be that Pac-12 conference with the last two Pac-12 champions out of their uh, out of their postseason tournament were not teams that were in the tournament the last time being 2019 with Peyton Pritchard in Oregon doing about the same thing Oregon State just did. And uh, yeah. That was an, that was an impressive thing. I believe that was their first ever, right? Their first ever Pac-12 championship. Oregon State. Yeah, I believe you are correct. They came in as the tournament five seed. They won uh, four game, no three games. They won three games to win it all, uh, and it was impressive. It was impressive by them. Of course, they defeated number four UCR, fourth ranked in the conference UCLA. Then they defeated the tournament one seed, in the Oregon Ducks, and then they beat Colorado in the final. Yeah, impressive stuff. And this is a team that came in, I believe, they came into last night's game at 16-12, and 12, which in a weaker Pac-12 this year, just because they weren't as good as some of the other conferences around the country, 16-12 and 12 would not have cut it to make the NCAA tournament. So this is someone where if you're on the bubble, you were rooting for Colorado, who was ranked in the top 25, heading into this game. And it's just something along the lines of if you're a bubble team, you just lost a spot because... The Beavers of Oakland State or Oregon State are just are took be a there. bid. Yeah, they just took a bid. They were one of two teams that we saw win conference tournaments yesterday, at least big conference tournaments yesterday, to steal a bid, of course, with the other one being Georgetown. Nobody expected them. They came in, I believe, as the eighth seed. Yeah, no, they've they were impressive and and it's good for Patrick Ewing and that program because They've also been a little lackluster, of course, with Mac McClung going to Texas Tech, which I wonder where – let's see where, where they have them at right now because they've had kind of a lackluster year. They have them at the 7. They've had their ups and downs as well. Who are we talking about? Texas Tech. They have had their ups and downs, but they have some really good wins this year. They do. Like but they they've have, played a lot of great teams. I mean, they're, you're going to win in the one Big of those 12, games. Yeah, in the Big 12, you have to play some of these really, really good basketball teams. And which – when you look at like the whole field, are there any teams that you look at and you're like, or like any conferences actually that you look at and you're like, I think that conference is going to do really well this year? In the NCAA tournament? Yes. Well, I think the easy pick here is to say the Big Ten because they'll have nine teams in it probably. Yeah. And at least one of those nine teams is going to perform well in the tournament here. So, and they've, they, they're also going to have two one seeds. But I, I do think I do think the Big 12 is going to surprise some people because we've had a lot of talk this year about how the Big 10 is by far and away the best conference in college basketball this year. And while they are the best college in com- or conference in college basketball this year, I don't think that they are by far and away the best conference. I think the Big 12 is actually pretty close to them in terms of likelihood of winning the tournament as having one of their teams win the tournament. I think that as well, and especially with like representation in – the Big 12 tournament, and I hate to say it, but a Kansas team like this one, a one that isn't as highly talked about, though they have COVID issues they need to get through, of course, but with with how their season has been and they're still a three seed, 
it's very impressive, and this is one of those Kansas teams that could make a Final Four run. We talk about Kate Cunningham a lot. Another team I could see making a Sweet 16 type of run is Oklahoma. Now, they're positioned at about an eight, and they'd have to play a one seed. I could see Austin Reeves and that experienced Oklahoma squad pull off an upset. Yeah, looking at Big 12 teams currently in the CBS field, you got Baylor, you got Kansas, you got Texas Tech. As you said, we have West Virginia in there as well, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma. So those are your Big 12 teams, I believe. I don't think I missed any of them. Yeah, and yeah, and Jared Butler for them is very impressive. He's Baylor is Baylor is a very very great team. They've they've put together a lot of really really nice teams across the last decade or so. Now looking at the top four teams on the one line, you got Michigan, Illinois, Gonzaga, and Baylor. If I had to pick one of them to win the whole thing right now, if I'm looking at just the one seeds, I am taking Baylor. I think they have a better chance than the other three of those teams to win the tournament. Of the other one seeds? Correct. Baylor is, if you're picking from just the one seeds, I have Baylor. Over Gonzaga? Yep. And Michigan? Yep. I mean, I guess we have to see how long Livers is going to be out for. I don't know if they ever announced that. But if Livers can come back in a week, I'm confident Michigan can get by. Even if they have to play Oklahoma, I still think they can get through a team like Oklahoma because that's how... Even even though Michigan lost against Ohio State in the conference tournament in the Big Ten, which we'll get into, I'm still very I'm still very confident in them. They have so many great players in Wagner and Mike Smith, and they've got they've got size and talent all over Robinson as well down in the post. I just don't see many teams being able to stop them either. But I think there's a lot of teams that could win it. There is, and that's the beauty of college basketball. You know, you see some of these teams on. On the two line right now, we've got, as you said, Oklahoma State, Alabama's on the two line. They could get hot and beat just about anyone. Oh, I, I would say there's probably about six teams. I was going to say Ohio State's on the eight. two line. Iowa's on the two line. We see some teams like Kansas on the three. Virginia's on the four line. It's, it's there's a lot of good teams in the tournament, and a lot of them are are, are sleepers. You know, I, I have a feeling that West Virginia could make a deep tournament run this year, and they're a four seed right now. It wouldn't surprise me if Florida State made some moves and beat some people. But Gonzaga, I think out of the one seeds, you have to pick Gonzaga just because they're undefeated. They have two of, you know, two top five players in the league in Jalen Suggs, or in the whole tournament in Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert. And I just think overall with Mark Few, when he doesn't have that much talent, he's still getting to the national championship, final four, things like that. I think when he has talent like Jalen Suggs, it's going to end in furthering that success, and that success gets to a national title, potentially. So do you want to know why I think Baylor? Yeah, I think you told me. I think Baylor has a deeper team. They've got a much. Okay. They got. They've got a much. They've got many more players that can score if necessary. If that makes sense, and I think the fact that they have been battle tested throughout the season, they've faced some adversity. They've lost a game. Uh, they've lost now two games with their loss to Oklahoma State in the uh, in the tournament, and I think losing those kind of games is going to actually help them. And that they played a more difficult schedule from start to finish than Gonzaga, because we know Gonzaga played a lot of good teams at the beginning, as they always do in their preseason kind of beginning of season tournaments. But Gonzaga has a cakewalk of a schedule yeah, through their conference been, okay, schedule. Yeah, they've been okay. I understand. I understand. I understand. They 
Yeah, I've watched, I've turned on a lot of Gonzaga games, and I don't even really watch the game because it's just on in the background because they're, you know, usually up by 25 points. At, I mean, usually. They're up by 25, and, 20, 15, 20 points 10 minutes into the game. And, yeah, and, and, and you make a good point in that. But at the same time, they're still so great. I, and you make a good argument with the, and you make a good point with, like, you know, they're not playing in competitive basketball games. They did against BYU, though. But that's BYU. Hold on. Hold on. BYU's a tournament team, and they literally shot the lights out. Like, that's that's adversity. I mean, you're down by 10 points. That's adversity. I mean, it is adversity, but you don't have to go in day in and day out and play teams like Texas. I'm not Texas saying that, and play teams but they like, have seen adversity throughout the season. But I mean, Baylor ran through a conference that has, you know, probably seven teams making it, and a bunch of them, most of them, actually, are, you know— one, two, three, or four. I'm seats. not saying they're not the res. I'm not arguing resume with you. I'm just saying Gonzaga is a great team, and I'm picking them. I'd pick them to win the national championship over any of those other one seats, especially with Livers being out. Because I would potentially pick Michigan. I think Baylor can get to the Final Four, but I just don't know if they're national champs. And I would ask you to pick a national champion right now, but it's too hard. It's too hard without being able to see the bracket, so I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, I'd yeah, I'd I'd wait on that. I I'm willing. I'm going to probably either choose between Oklahoma State. That's going to be a po- that's going to be a popular pick. It is going to be a popular pick, but it, I feel like it's a realistic. It pick. is. I completely agree. I'm also. I don't. I'd have to look at it. I'd also have to look at it because. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, yeah, it's it's too tough to tell right now. We're just looking at presumptive brackets at this mm-hmm. point in time, so it's too tough to tell. But we will have we will have more we will have more on the actual bracket next week when we can take actually take a look on, at it. So, but I'm willing to confidently say Gonzaga could get it done this year. They definitely could. <laughs> they definitely could, and I agree with the fact that they could get it done. I just don't think that they will. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's why it's all there's been pretty much 50 years since the last last uh undefeated college basketball team exactly i just don't think an undefeated team will make the tournament or not make the tournament win the tournament <laughs> win the tournament win the tournament it's a tough it's a tough pool this year should we talk about the acc you finished up yesterday yeah. Yeah, and this was about it. this was an interesting one with georgia tech winning the entire thing and being the four seeds it kind of surprised some people that georgia tech was a four seed in the acc when we're looking at their bracketology projections, you see them floating kind of around the 8-9 the game for the most part, maybe falling down to a 10 in some bracketology projections, but mostly around the 8-9 line. On their way to the title, of course, they had to beat Miami, which they did, and they did not have to play Virginia as that game was canceled due to UVA covid uh, problems, and then they did beat the number two team in the conference, Florida State, to win the entire thing. So yeah, there's a big gap in there for uh, having to make your big tournament run. But congrats to Georgia, to Georgia Tech. They uh, they earned it, I guess, in the coat by COVID rules. But congrats to them on getting that uh, getting that uh, bid, and that probably really helps their uh, their seeding. That's for sure. Winning the conference tournament in March helps. Okay, here's your next trivia question. Okay. Saturday, which was yesterday, was the second time in the history of the NC- of the ACC tournament that the championship game from the ACC tournament does not feature a school from the state of North Carolina. So that means North Carolina, Duke, NC State, and Wake Forest. 
Okay. Second time, all time. True or false? That's true. That and is. I, I'm going to guess that the other, one, the other one was probably like in the 1990, 1991. 1990, exactly. So it is true. It is the second time. The first time was in 1990. Can you name the two teams? This is really racking you. This is, of course, this doesn't count to for be, points. Okay. It has to be... Well, I know Georgia 19, Tech had a few. The, I know Georgia Tech had a good team back then. The, I know Georgia Tech won it back then. They probably played 1990. That was probably, I'm going to guess Ralph Sampson. I'm going to guess it's Virginia. There That's, you go. <laughs> Georgia Tech for te- defeats Virginia in the 1990 ACC championship That's game. That's crazy. Incredible work by you there. <laughs> I mean, I know, I, I don't know if Ralph Sampson played in that game, but I know Virginia was good around that Incredible time. work by you there to pull that one out. I, you must be cheating or something because that was crazy. The 1990 ACC championship game was the only other time that Georgia Tech has won the conference, so their first conference title in over 30 years. And if if you had bet on Georgia Tech to win the ACC tournament before, because <laughs> I bet not many people did, you were a, you were a very happy man yesterday. Oh, I doubt many did, but yeah, good for Georgia Tech. It's nice to see some uh, uniqueness and some uh, parity in that. Because you normally just see North Carolina, Dukes, NC State might have a year or so, but it's what you normally see there, or Virginia. So, good stuff. But to move on to another conference tournament, we could move on to uh, the Big Ten, which someone said, or actually, do you want to do the SEC? We could do the SEC with Mizzou, which they struggled against Arkansas. How did you feel? We watched that game together. How do you feel a few days after the fact now that it's Selection Sunday after watching that game? Well, obviously, you wanted to win that game against Arkansas because the fact of the matter is is that you're most likely, unfortunately, looking at an 8-9 matchup for the Mizzou Tigers. Maybe best case at this point we see them up to a 7 seed and avoiding that 8-9 game, which would be vital at this point. We, they have not played poor enough to fall down to a 10 seed, in my opinion, so I think a 7 is the best-case scenario if you're a Missouri Tiger fan. But with a win over Arkansas, you might have been able to either guarantee that 7 or even potentially start moving up higher than that 7 seed if they would have been able to defeat Arkansas. And this was a game that it stinks to say it, but it was a game that was poorly officiated. We saw Moses Moody... For Arkansas, a player who has taken seven charges all year, draw five charges in one game. Wow. That's all you need to that's all you need to know about the game. There's a player that drew seven charges, and Arkansas played what, twenty games, twenty-five games this year? They played the majority of their games. It wasn't a team that, you know, they weren't a team that had a long pause due to COVID. They played the majority of their schedule and you know, the man was drawing less than one charge a game, less, probably about half a charge a game, and he drew five against Mizzou. Mizzou had probably double-digit offensive fouls in this basketball game. They had to be close, and there were a few. I thought some of them were, you know, reasonable calls, some of the charges. There were definitely more called than – there would have definitely been more called than I on think average. It, I, I think it might have set a record for the most games – for the most offensive fouls called in an SEC game. It's a possibility, and – because they just called it every time. And I thought a few of them, you know, the guy was behind them by they a half They simply weren't offensive fouls most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I, it was 
it was a tough watch from you know a viewership standpoint. Whistles are already called a lot more in the SEC in general, so it makes it tougher to watch. And when you're calling every single every single act, a of lot con- of them, I w- it's not like a lot of them. I would have liked to see a block called. A lot of them, I would have just liked to see no call. It's just a dude flying across the floor when somebody breathes on him. And then of course Arkansas went on the big run in the first half. They had a 16 or 18 point run somewhere along those lines. It almost hit 20, and it was it that really was the big the big difference it, in the game and it was too. and if and, and Mizzou could never get into an offensive rhythm because they would just get called for an offensive foul every time they tried to get into an offensive rhythm yeah and even with that even with that it was a close loss and if any person on the committee was watching that game i really i don't know how they do all that with the selection committee i've never truly like you know, thought about it. I don't know if they all sit in a big room or a Zoom room now, but hopefully somebody who watched that Mizzou game gave some input into how that game was ran and the fact that it was still close. Because if they could argue in favor of Mizzou in that case, they could see a seven seed spot because they they played as good of a, good as a seven seed in that game. They just didn't necessarily get the job done. Because what was it, a four or five six point game? They I would lost label that by six, 70 I, to 64. I would label that as a four-point loss so, because, like, free throws at the end, obviously. It was pretty much a four-point game throughout. It's a good game, though, and a solid effort by Mizzou. But then they have LSU-Bama. Yeah, looking at the rest game. of the SEC tournament, surprising you'd see Kentucky not win a game in the SEC tournament. They finished with single-digit wins this season. They struggled a lot. Uh, they lost, of course, to Mississippi State, who was the nine seed in the tournament. Mississippi State then moved on to get absolutely blasted by Alabama. <laughs> the Alabama yeah, winning that a, game 85-48. to 48. I think I sent you a picture of the score. I believe at one point it was 45-15, to 15, and I just said, like, just, just walk off the court. If you, they were getting destroyed. Yes. And then uh, Tennessee and Florida, of course, played with, with Florida getting the loss in that one. And then Alabama beat Tennessee to move on. To the SEC championship game, which takes place at noon today on ESPN if you're looking for it. And then, as you said, LSU and Cam Thomas defeated Arkansas yesterday in the second game of the uh, of the SEC tournament to move on and play Alabama. He could be SEC player of the year, realistically speaking. I think Cameron Thomas could get that. It's probably it's probably him or Herb Jones, right? It's a possibility. I don't know. I haven't been following the races heavily, but like when it comes when I see this dude play, he never really plays poorly. He's the best scorer. He's the reason LSU is where they are. And I just think if we're get, if we're given it if we're given player of the year to people who are the most, you know, important, I think he's got to be up. We were there. watching the SEC network the other day and and Pat Bradley on the SEC network says Cam Thomas shouldn't even be freshman of the year. Wow. I mean, he's at He said at the Moses five. Moody should be freshman of the year instead of Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas, of course, leading the conference in scoring. I mean, it's a great it's a great conference, but if you're a freshman and you're leading the entire conference it's in not scoring. Like, yeah, it's not like he's leading freshman in scoring. He's leading the conference in and, scoring. And as I look at the CBS bracket, they're at the five seed, and that could – and if they beat Bama, they're easily probably getting a four, you'd imagine, if they beat Bama. Well, yeah, Alabama is what a top ten team in the country right now. They're on the two line. Yeah, and yeah, they're at they're currently at two on this one. And yeah, I mean they'd have to jump up to four, and that that definitely has to give Cameron Thomas not only SEC Player of the Year but SEC Freshman of the Year as well. I mean, you have to give it to him at least freshman. I mean, come on, 
<laughs> if you're leading the conference, I, I in scoring, think you could definitely give them both. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't, I haven't followed it enough or looked at the stats enough for the SEC, but I mean, I could get back to you, I guess, because <laughs> I haven't looked at it enough to be like, oh yeah, Drew Smith should win Defensive Player of the Year. He could. I mean, he's always making plays. Led this conference in steals for his second straight year. It'd be nice. You, I mean, it, they've got a Yves Pons. I know they, they might give it to him. I mean, and he's another one that deserves he it. Is. I was going to say, is. him and his shot blocking Didn't ability. He have nine blocks I believe the he other did. Day? I believe he did. Wow. I was going to say, his shot blocking ability is next level, and we saw that up close and personal when we played Tennessee twice this year. Impressive. Yeah, it's 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 fun to watch. So it'll be interesting to see how the SEC awards shake out. What's your prediction for this Alabama LSU game? Do you have Cam Thomas and and the Tigers pulling an upset, or what do we think? It's my upset pick of the week. There you go. It's my upset pick of the week. I, I picked uh, LSU. I think I think Cameron Thomas gets it done. I'm really impressed with like his skill set. He reminds me a lot of like Devin Booker. Honestly, he's he's that level of talent, and I think. We could really, he could really see his draft stock rise a lot this year. And he's, they're another team that could be threatening for a Final Four run if he's playing well. And I, I'm going to disagree. I am going to, I'm going to take the, the easier pick here. I'm going to say it'll be close, but I think Alabama pulls away, uh, wins by five or six at the end. Fair enough. Fair enough. Respect the opinion. But now we could talk about the best conference. How about we take a break? You before take we, a break? How about we take a break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the game that leads you in to the selection show on CBS tonight. And that game, of course, is Ohio State and Illinois, who will be playing for the Big Ten title. We'll be right back. You're listening to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia. Have you been impacted by COVID and are behind on your rent or utilities? Qualified Missouri renters may be eligible for the Missouri State Assistance for Housing Relief Program. It offers assistance for up to 12 months for rent, past due rent, and utilities. For information on how you may be eligible for this program and other housing assistance in your area, visit our website at mohousingresources.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of the Treasury and the Missouri Housing Development Commission. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your Sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. You're listening to the Selection Sunday special here on the weekly walkthrough on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. It's 11.35 a.m., which makes us, let me pull up my live counter here. I've got it on the website right here. Come on. Makes us five hours, 24 (laughs) minutes, and 35 seconds away from Selection Sunday show. I was about to say, I could have done that for you. But nevertheless, we're here. Five hours, 25 minutes away. And a lot of basketball still to be played. One of those, like we, like you said before we went to break, is that Big Ten championship between Illinois and the Ohio State Buckeyes. So 
before we talk about this game, let's talk about the games that happened yesterday. Why do you keep Which, doing well, this? Well, we got to talk. We got to talk about how these teams got. We got to talk about how these teams got there. We can't just talk about the game yet. You go into the break saying we're going to talk about Ohio State, and then we go. Oh, and we ahead. are about to talk about Ohio State and their victory over the Michigan Wolverines yesterday. Okay, that sounds good. That was a fantastic game that had a incredible finish with that ended with Mike Smith sociology major senior point guard at the at Michigan missing I hated the shot. shot I truthfully I was actually cooking because I was about to go to work so I didn't I saw a vast majority of the game but I did not watch like the last minute and a half I I hated the shot did you did you go back and watch the replay of the shot I can find it right you should now. yeah you should do it right now because it was a possession where you have someone like Hunter Dickinson in the in the paint who is one of the better bigs in college basketball this year and it is a possession where Mike Smith held the ball for 25 seconds and then chucked one up and it was contested and you could make maybe make a case that there maybe should have been a foul on the contest but it was it was a poor look it was a poor look and I know you're probably looking at it right now and you'll see him they bring the ball up and they obviously Michigan and Juwan Howard obviously decided that they were going to take the final shot. They were going to try and win it. They weren't going to give Ohio State a chance. But when you're coming down the stretch like that, I think you have to get the ball. At least you have to get Dickinson a touch, whether he takes the shot or not, or he kicks it out to a shooter. You can't have Mike Smith making that kind of play in that kind of moment because it's not a good look. I see a photo of it. People are saying it's a foul. I mean, he just looked like he hit his arm. I mean, after you can he make shot the case it. that it was a foul, but but you shouldn't be shooting a long two in that situation. He had the he dribbled the ball around for twenty seconds before he ch- shot that shot, and he was the only player to touch the ball on the possession. He yeah, just he, ISOed the whole possession at the top of the key for the most part. It's okay. It's okay, but... I mean, I'm fine with Michigan losing. We know if you listen to this show, you know I'm okay with Michigan losing. I was happy Ohio State won yesterday. But it's it was, it was, an, ugly, it was an ugly way to end the game. It was an ugly way to end the game. I mean, you don't... Like, I'm not the biggest fan of just kind of dribbling out the clock in that scenario. You'd rather... If you're a team that does get into offensive sets, you should probably get into an offensive set and run a play for your last shot if that's how you've been playing all game because it's how you got into the position that you're in. But that's just my personal opinion. So I don't like it when people dribble out the clock personally, but Mike Smith is good. So if he would have made it, we wouldn't be saying that. It was a fantastic game nonetheless. But all three times this, these teams have played, it's been pretty, pretty exciting. High-level basketball. Both of these teams have a legitimate shot. I really like this Michigan Wolverines team. So It'll be interesting to see how long they have Isaiah Livers out. Of course, he has a stress fracture mm-hmm. in his foot. He's in a boot. He was, you know, he was still on the sideline there in, in Indy yesterday. But it'll be interesting to see just how long they'll be without him because he's one of their leaders. Yeah, and I didn't know it was a stress fracture, so that is that is not ideal his, for them. His status for the first couple games of the NCAA tournament, at least that first weekend, I believe, is in doubt very heavily. Yeah, but I said if they can get through that first weekend, because then he gets about four days of rest, so... I mean, I would expect to see him if they can make it to the second weekend, but we'd have to see. They're on, they're on the one line. And I'll look at the CBS projection real quick again as I get there. They're on the one line. Their second game would potentially be against a Florida or North Carolina team. So those are two teams that could possibly beat them. I mean, they could, but they'd have to be playing well. Like you saw with Michigan in this game, and like I said like I said to you earlier, it's you can't just beat 
Michigan. Like, or Michigan doesn't beat themselves. Like, you have to actually beat this Michigan team. And some teams have been able to do it. They play in a very good conference, and to only have three losses in conference is very impressive. They've been very impressive this year. They have a lot of talent size and speed and a lot of their big guys can do are very versatile wagner's brother france is very he's very he fouled out yesterday that was one of the he, big that was one of the struggle. big that was one of the big things that happened yesterday that 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 made it he struggled yeah and they still were as playing as good as they did hunter dickinson he played very well and um mike smith he really impressed me the other day as well so i'm very interested to see um to see how how all these teams perform in March because the Big Ten was very good this year and Illinois going going on to them now, I mean their performance against Iowa. Was, I was gonna say and they defeated they defeated Iowa and Luca Garza yesterday again. They've beaten them at least twice this year now, maybe even three times. So that was another big win for for Illinois and and they showed up and it was a it was a pretty pretty solid team effort there wasn't just one player that dominated in that basketball game yesterday i'll look at the stat line here i've got it uh, it was kofi had 26 and 8 of course they limited luca garza only to 21 and 12 which is is pretty good when you're talking about one of the best players in college basketball but when you look you know iodesumu had 18 points Corbello had 12 points off the bench and other than that it was a pretty even game from the rest of the illinois players yeah, I mean Illinois, they they do have even though they obviously have Io Desumu and uh, and Kofi Cockburn, they they have uh, they have guys who are capable. They've got nice role players, and and that's a good win for for Mizzou to go off of them. That's a great win that they got early in uh, the year as well. But um, yeah, they they can beat anybody on any given day because of their depth, their star talent size with Kofi not many not many big guys are going to be able to play with him and Garza struggled with him as he outplayed him in that matchup obviously Garza is he has a lot more of a hyper focus on him on the offensive side because he's one of the best big men in college basketball history and the problem the problem for Iowa was that their three-point shooting was down at least in my opinion it was was the problem you saw 8 of 24 from 3, which is decent, but not great. Luca Garza went 8 of 21 from the floor. That really can't happen. He, if a team needs, to, needs if, to shoot a better percentage. If a team can contain Luca Garza enough and, and Iowa is missing, which we have seen a few times this year now, you could see them get bounced early. I mean, it only takes one bad performance in March. We all know that. So if you were – if my suggestion if you were to pick a upset a team to get upset at Iowa might be that team because they do have eight losses this year so they are beatable though they are playing in the Big Ten of course but as good as they I was have say, been six of those losses have come in the Big Ten and, and at least one of the out of conference losses was to Gonzaga I know I'm not saying they're I'm not saying they're a bad team but the, out of all the top tier teams and the teams that I think could win the national championship this is one of those teams I'm least confident in picking because of their ability to to shoot the ball poorly at times i mean i would agree i would agree i think it's interesting to it'll be interesting to see what their tournament path looks like because if we get another uh matchup where they have to play someone with an elite big man that could quite possibly contain luca garza that'll be a popular upset pick of course if if they're playing teams that are more guard focused 
it, that those are better matchups for them because because Luca can go down there in the paint and and eat. But it'll be interesting to see if they get matched up with someone uh, with a good big man. Let's take a look at where they are in this bracketology projection right now. I know they're on the two line, and their first game would come against Grand Canyon. Their second game would come against uh, either Texas Tech or Louisville. And then, I feel pretty confident them being either and of then those their, teams. And then their Sweet 16 game would potentially come against Kansas, which would be a good big man matchup because Kansas has McCormick down low. Yes. So that'll be that would be interesting. And I would definitely see Garza getting that's an in, that's a fun game to watch just in general from a fan perspective like that could go a lot of different ways depending on how Kansas sh- shows up so Yeah, it, I mean absolutely. And then let's talk about the championship game cuz as I said, we'll talk where we have to talk about the championship game. Exactly. And that is Illinois and Ohio State. And this is my upset pick of the week. I've got the Buckeyes of Ohio State. Yep, a little a little tougher of an upset, but I would definitely say Illinois is favored to win this game, even though Ohio State pulled let's off see the if big I can, win. Let's see if I can get you a live betting line right now. I want to say the LSU one, they're six and a half point underdog, so it's so it's a decent. Alabama enough. is a six point favorite currently. Okay. Illinois is also a six point favorite. Okay, and uh, yeah, it's going to be. I definitely think that. Illinois can get it done, but Ohio State has, they're always game, it seems like. They're always, they're always like competing with everybody. They're not getting blown out. By the way, if we're going back to betting, yes. the over-under for the Alabama-LSU game is 157. <laughs> over. <laughs> Bet the over. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's what they want you to do. Yeah. Because both of those teams are going to score the basketball. It's not going to be a defensive game. If you're looking for offense, that's your game to watch today. But, yeah, I mean, with with Dwayne Washington Jr. at guard, he's been very impressive when I watch them play, along with E.J. Liddell. We talked about him a lot as well. They're big guy. I mean, they've, they're, a very, they're another one of those teams, man, that you just have to keep your eye on. We could also see them getting upset. You never know. You and never then, know. It is March. And then so – so far this season, they've played twice. Early in, earlier in the season, first half of the Big Ten schedule, Ohio State did beat Illinois. That game was final at 87-81 in favor of the Buckeyes. And then later, as we move towards the end, right before the tournament, about a week before the tournament or so, they did lose to Illinois by a score of 73-68. to So two very close games, a six-point win and a five-point loss for Ohio State versus Illinois. So really only a one-point differential for two matchups this season. And they split that? They did split that. So we will we will see. This is I mean I was gonna say they split that and then the biggest win was was uh Ohio State by two possessions. So <laughs> Yeah, and and as I'm looking at this, yeah, except for a blowout loss to Iowa, they they keep and then they lost. They blew out they got blown out by Minnesota as well. They lost to Minnesota by seventeen. Are but, we talking about uh, Ohio State. Yeah, they had a nice they had a nice four game slide down at the end of the season as well. So they lost to Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, and Illinois four straight games to end to get pretty close to the end of the regular season. There, but they have won three tough games. So, so they've they've been on the come up. So they're on a three game winning streak. And I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun one to watch. I'd be willing to side with you on the. I'm I'm willing to go with the Ohio State, but I do believe in Kofi Cockburn, and I think he's going to provide too much. So I think Illinois gets it done there to uh, make a case for solidifying that one seed for the Midwest side. So, 
Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. And question for you. This Go is ahead. this is gonna be this is gonna be something that's gonna get talked about a lot today, especially if Ohio State's able to pull the upset. Okay. If Ohio State pulls the upset and beats Illinois for the second time this season after beating Michigan yesterday, could they potentially steal a one seed from Michigan? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. You have to look at the regular season matchup as well. Two and one. I was it gonna favors say, Michigan, and Michigan's record is a lot better. It's Ohio State would be twenty two and eight. Michigan would be twenty and four. Yeah, I think you have to give it to Michigan at that point. Though Ohio State, they they boosted their resume, and they've they get the probably the best two. I think they'd get the best two at that point. Um. I was gonna say Ohio State would add not would then have wins over number three Illinois, number four Michigan, number twenty Purdue, all in the tournament, with including wins in the re- earlier in the season with number eight Iowa, number ten Wisconsin, number fourteen Illinois, number fifteen Rutgers, but and number eleven take... Rutgers. That's so many ranked wins. Holy cow! That's yeah. just that's just what happens when you play in the Big Ten this year. Honestly, it is. <laughs> And but there's just a lot of competition for that, and I just don't think Ohio State's resume, especially with the lapses they had, like we, like they just went on a four-game losing streak. But then they, but now they will have beaten if they win if they win today, they'll have beaten three ranked teams in a row, with two of them being in the top five. I understand, but they still have they still went on a four-game losing streak four, three that, weeks ago. That four-game losing streak, they lost to two teams in the top five. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying, but like compare them to other resumes, they're not they don't stack up. I was gonna say that that four-game losing streak, yes, it's a four-game losing streak, but but all of those teams were in the top ten, with two of them being in the top five. Yeah, I'm just saying. Well, when you compare it to like Michigan, you, I think Michigan still gets it over them because of. Because of that, and a lot of others. I mean, who knows? It it has to depend. Because if they look incredibly good, they could get the one seed. Like if they beat them by ten fifteen, and they just look amazing, who knows with the committee? They could make a last second decision and give them the one. You never know. Crazier things have happened. It's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see exactly how everything shakes out as we come through this. Other games that happened today. Uh, let me get you to them. We've got. Conference championship games currently Colgate, who is somehow top ten in the net rankings this year. Wow. By the way, actually, <laughs> I'm not sure if it's top ten or top fifteen, but okay. either way, they are beating Loyola of Maryland 36 to 28 with about 50 seconds left in the first half, looking for their automatic bid to the tournament. VCU and St. Bonaventure tips off here in about 10 minutes, along with LSU and Alabama, which we already talked about. And then your other game, besides the Ohio State-Illinois game, takes place between Cincinnati and Houston. And Cincinnati could take one of those at-large bids as well, so it'll be interesting to see if the Cincinnati Bearcats can get it done. So Cincinnati, let me let me get it to you for this year. Cincinnati has not had a great year so far in terms of basketball. No, they have not. I was going to say they are 12-10, and 8-6 in the American Conference, but let's take a look at exactly uh, what, oh boy, ESPN uh, Basketball Power Index gives Houston a 95% chance of victory today. Well, you know what? That doesn't matter. You want to know why? And it has them favored by 14 points. You want to know why? Because it's March. And you don't know what's going to happen in March. Cincinnati is plus 650 on the money line. Are you listening to me? It's March. It is March. But... 
Yeah, that's that's one matchup to look out for as well as this incredible Big Ten matchup between Ohio State and Illinois. But and of course we have to pick out the fact that that Cincinnati did beat the one seed in their tournament, Wichita State. Yeah. Yesterday, so. Awesome. Well, good for them. And I I'd love to see them get it done. But did you want to um, give me your moment of the week, sir? If you had one. It's. I mean, it's tough to pick. It's tough to pick. I'm going to have to take Houston's buzzer beater. Oh, okay. They hit this earlier this week. Uh, when the kid the kid called it when he left his hand. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the kid called it when he left his hand at half court. He goes, that's game. You could hear it on the hot mic. Wow. <laughs> I, did not, I didn't actually hear that. I, I think I say, saw the shot. Go back, and, go back and take a listen if you can find one of the angles has the, has the hot mic on. And, and, and it's fun. He goes, yeah, that's game. <laughs> wow. Love the confidence. That's what March is all about. But for my moment of the week, it's um, actually in the boxing world, and and this uh, they uh, just erected a Joe Joe Frazier statue in Philadelphia to honor his Rumble in the Jungle fight with Muhammad Ali that happened 50 years ago. So 50 exciting, years ago, exciting stuff. And then also to mention George, uh, oh my gosh. Marvin uh, Marvin Hagler passed away yesterday. I saw so that. R.I.P. to Marvin Hagler, ninety or sixty six years old. So sad stuff. One of the greatest middleweights of all time. But did you, your upset at pick of the week was the Big Ten championship. Correct. I've got Ohio State. Got Ohio State defeating the Illini, and I am picking. You said you were taking LSU over LSU, Alabama. LSU, yeah, LSU, Alabama. Excuse me, excuse me. You're all good. LSU over Alabama. Cameron Thomas, SEC Player of the Year, gets it done and pulls it off against the Crimson Tide. All right. And do you have a what to watch for? Of course, my what to watch for is going to be tonight at 5 p.m., which I'll talk about here in a second. But <laughs> uh, You know, my what to watch for, some exciting stuff, a little appetizer, if you will. Wednesdays, the playing games, I believe they're on Wednesday. They might not be this year. They're usually Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesdays, your appetizers for those playing games. They're always exciting to see. They're usually... CBS has a good projection of a Wichita State-Syracuse game on one of those days. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, the 11 ones usually are pretty good. So, But that about does it for the weekly walk. I was going to say, yeah, my, my what to watch for has got to be the selection show. So, I mean, that's what we got. That's what we got for this week. Of course, stay tuned. For uh, for more KCOU coverage all day today, and we've got the uh, we've got the selection show at at 5 p.m. So that'll be exciting, and, and be sure to watch that to see where our Missouri Tigers land in the tournament and who they have in their road to a potential national championship. Exactly, and we will be back here same time, same place. KCOU 88.1 FM, 11 a.m. to 12. You can follow us on Twitter at Weekly Walk KCOU, and if you want to catch the show. You could you could look it up on Spotify, look up Weekly Walkthrough, or on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you have a good rest of your week, and we will see you same time, same place.